Hello and welcome back to any of those who are listening to another episode of Understanding. Today we're going to be talking about the Democratic and Republican parties. And uh, just before I start off, this is not a talk on Democrats or Republicans as people. Today we are talking specifically about the parties, some good things and some bad things about them. So welcome and hope you find something uh, interesting or enjoyable out of this episode. First off, obviously we all know that when America was founded, one of the main principles that was really encouraged from all of the founding fathers was the separation of powers. And obviously because of that, they purposely put inside some checks and balances that made it less efficient for our government. But uh, one of the things that they were really concerned about is summed up pretty well in a famous quote that I love from a British uh, member of parliament named Lord Octon. He said, power tends to corrupt. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I just love that because it kind of hits on exactly what they were trying to avoid, which is giving absolute power to any one organization. So uh, as we look today at the, the Democratic and Republican parties, I like to unfortunately think of them today as divorced spouses and in the worst possible sense of this meaning that not only are they divorced but they have forgotten the most important thing which is taking care of their children they've become so wrapped up in enthralled in the game of trying to decide who gets custody of the children that they've unfortunately forgotten to take care of those children and that that actually is far more important than anything else. And so you see things today where it's kind of like gotcha politics where each side will look at the what's going on and say, okay, is there some way that we can take advantage of this to make the other side look foolish or to somehow garner support for ourselves? And it's just turned into this horrific mess where you know, you imagine uh, some social media spouse on there that has a divorced parent or divorced comes from a divorced marriage and they pick their kids up and the kids are crying because they're hungry. And instead of saying, okay, let's just feed them, maybe something happened that we're not aware of, they go on and start posting on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook's, you know, all these videos of being so upset. Can you imagine that my kids? We're not even fed. Look at them. They haven't been bathed all the while while they're not actually helping their kids. They're just pointing blame at the other side so that they can get uh, views and likes and so that they can ultimately just stay in power. And that's kind of the uh, ultimate ultimate place where we're at today, unfortunately. I did, uh, just as a shout out, uh, someone that I have thought that they have some good things to say and bad things to say, but Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia did actually have a pretty awesome interview on CNN the other day where he directly started talking about this. And one of the reasons why he's stepping down from running running for his Senate seat again is because he's just so tired of the infighting and tired of the this back and forth that I'm referring to as this uh, horrific game of you know, gotcha politics. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoy is anytime I look back in history and see somebody writing about something that's relevant today, it seems to me that it should be more powerful to us because if it was important and relevant then and we haven't figured it out still, then it's probably something that we should be paying attention to. 
And uh, two things have really stood out to me when we're talking about these uh, politics. And they actually, one, come from the same source in uh, James Madison, but also in uh, George Washington's farewell address. It's interesting, he says at one point in there, now let me take a more comprehensive view and warn you in the most solemn manner against the baneful effects of the spirit of party generally. And I just, uh, it's interesting here that, you know, after his two terms in office, one of the things that's maybe become a little more common from uh, plays like Hamilton on Broadway is, you know, seeing some of the infighting that happened there. And he was already understanding that there became this um, tendency to try and have power for the party over what was important for the people. And one of the other, before any of this even started, the Federalist Papers, specifically Federalist Number 10, which was written by James Madison, who uh, actually, by the way, did write one of the uh, drafts of George Washington's farewell address that Hamilton ended up uh, writing the second draft that went through. But anyways, uh, in this Federalist Number 10, they talk about parties, and they actually refer to them as factions. But the problem that they make on here is that there's no way to get rid of these things, right? Because in a society, we, for whatever reason, always tend to to gather towards people that we agree with. And we kind of tend to make groups as, hey, you agree with me, I agree with you, let's hang out and talk about these things. Um, and in a free society, there's no way for us to really get around this. And there really shouldn't be. What they talk about the danger actually is is when these parties and their goals become more powerful and more important than actually helping our nation. And so when they're talking about these factions, they say the danger is that once parties become the goal of helping the parties out is more important than helping the people of the United States out, that's when these become dangerous. And I think that's what we're really starting to see today, unfortunately, is that it's more about the, you know, the party lines. You see almost every vote in Congress. It's, you know, either all the Democrats are voting for this or against this, or all the Republicans are voting for this or against this. And pretty rarely are we seeing any bipartisanship in in there. And the unfortunate thing about this, and uh, one of the things that I mentioned earlier about myself uh, not being a member of the Democratic or Republican Party kind of comes down to, I guess, my ultimate viewpoint on this, because it's kind of silly, but we have this uh, notion uh, that there's a problem and there's only one way to solve this thing. And we forget this really important English word, and. And I kind of look at this word as the left has some good things to say, and the right has some good things to say, or the left has a good viewpoint on this issue and the right has a good point viewpoint on this issue. And we start, we look at this as like a all in. It's either you agree with the left or you agree with the right. And we've started using the word or far too often when we're talking about politics. And it just seems so silly. You know, I, I look at one of the reasons why I say that I don't necessarily agree with either side is going back to uh, parents, right? You have two spouses, and they have kind of diametrically opposing views. We could 
run into the problems where we're having now where instead of them working together to try and help their kids, they're just after their own their own aims and their own goals. But imagine uh, two spouses that actually have differences of opinion and how that can actually be an awesome and really valuable thing when they work together because their goal is not for them to be right, but to help their children out. So imagine, let's say, a scenario where you have let's call them instead of left and right leaning, maybe like a, someone that has like a managerial, has a a little bit of a stricter personality and that really cares about uh, maybe self-control and uh, cares about responsibility. And then you have on the other side, someone that is really caring and loving and wants to make sure that they're happy and wants them to be able to do whatever they want to do. So imagine if you had a, a child that wanted to do something and you sat, you had both parents sit the child down and you had the one parent say, listen, you know, you can do whatever you want. I remember, I think it was Elon Musk talking about his mom where she put up with so much where he just kind of was so interested in figuring things out that she would buy him computers and he would take them apart and make messes everywhere and he just talked about how she was so influential because she just kind of let him do whatever and say, you know what, if you're interested in this, I'm going to love you, do this and have fun, enjoy what you're doing. I want you to be happy. Um, so imagine, you know, this kind of attitude from one spouse that says, you know what, I love you. I'm here to support you. And no matter what you do, I will, I will support you and take care of you and want you to succeed. Then you have the other parent that sits him down and says, this is all great and fine, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. You're going to have to learn responsibility. You're going to have to work harder than you've ever worked in your life if you really want to accomplish these goals in your life. Now you imagine those two sides on their own maybe actually aren't that effective. You know, if you just took the one side, um, it could be a little detrimental to just say, oh, just do whatever you want. You know, things will be fine. I'll take care of you and love you. And then it also could be a little detrimental to be kind of too hard on people and say it's all about hard work, you know, and not be able to give them encouragement and, and some love on that also. And so you take what could have a little bit of good and a little bit of bad and you put them together and you actually kind of multiply those good effects while really softening those bad effects. And to me, that's what I feel like the Republican and Democratic Party have lost. And a lot of that's come because uh, we ourselves have kind of started looking at this world as either left or right. It's either conservative or liberal. Instead of looking at issues, you know, maybe one of the easiest issues, ironically, that I think we could solve pretty quickly is looking at, let's say, immigration, for example. There's actually some very good points on both sides where you say, well, we do need to have secure borders. We do need to know who's coming into our country. We shouldn't have illegal drugs, human trafficking, weapons, and all sorts of other things coming in that we just have no idea and no ability to control. But then on the other side, you say, well, we don't really want to be ripping families apart. We don't want to ruin people's lives if they're here to work and they're uh, helpful and good citizens. Then maybe the worst thing in the world isn't to just have them stay here. Maybe it's actually a good thing. And so you take these two 
kind of diametric opinions and they actually can work together in tandem pretty well where we could say, okay, let's actually figure out the best way to secure our borders and at the best and the best way to understand that there are a lot of people here and figure out a way where we can say, well, just like, for instance, if I'm driving down the road and I'm speeding and a police officer pulls me over and I get a ticket and I have to pay a fine because I broke the law. You know, there is there is definitely a case to be made that there should be some law and order and that that needs to be upheld. And so we can figure out some way of having both of those viewpoints held up. You know, there's no way that we're going to be able to create some new government agency that can go around and round up every single person that entered this country illegally. And there should be no reason for that either. If we get these people and we look at them as human beings and we say, hey, we're going to stop, we're going to stop the influx of this and we're also going to mitigate these other risks by protecting the border, but we're also going to treat these people as human beings and say, hey, you know what, you did come here, so there is going to be some consequences to that, but as long as you're willing to stay here to pay taxes, you're working hard and you're a good citizen, then there's no reason that you can't have some kind of work visa or some some form of uh, identification so that we can find out where they're living, find out actually how many people are here, but also do it in a humane way where not where we're not trying to just uh, round people up and get rid of them. And it just seems to me that actually looking at many of the Pew polls that the majority of Americans are actually strongly supportive of a view like this. And instead of looking at this as a, we either need to protect our borders and um, do things around this nature, you know, have security and protection, or, you know, we need to care about people and help them. It's like, why can't we do both at the same time? Why can't we come up with ways where we look at this issue and say, well, it actually is important that we're uh, safe, but it's also important that we treat people humanely and that we respect people. And if they're good working citizens, then why not allow them the opportunity to stay here? And of course, it can get a little more uh, nuanced than this, but it's just one of these simple things where if we actually take what both sides are saying and put it together, there's actually some pretty comprehensive ways that where we could come together as a nation and accomplish this. And so I guess for me, I've come more into the line of the and category instead of a Republican or a Democrat or liberal or a conservative. I, I kind of look at this as, well, there's good points of view, and when we have two parents that have these diametrically opposing views, they actually can be really powerful in, in giving the right messages to America, while at the same time making sure that America is what's first and not our political party system. Because you see more and more people are uh, starting to get to this point where they say, well, I don't really feel that I have a home anymore. I don't really think I'm a Republican or a Democrat. And uh, when I say this, I'm not saying it because it's like the hip, cool thing to say, oh, I'm an independent. I, I actually truly mean that. There's many views of, of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party that I think have some good potential to work together when we're actually working together. But we have to get back to that point where it's not party over everything else. It's actually America first, and then how can those parties help accomplish these goals? 
And when we do that, we actually have a really powerful way of moving forward and helping people in the world, including talking about, you know, our debt or any of these other issues that are really out there that people are concerned over. We can we can manage these together if we actually look at both sides and say, hey, there's actually some merit to both of these viewpoints. And so um, as you're looking through and you're listening to things, start uh, trying to listen to the word and and realize, unfortunately, that it really is very, very seldomly said when we're talking about uh, the Republican and Democratic parties, that unfortunately it's almost always or this or that, and we're not really hearing from people about how when we work together and put the viewpoints of the Democratic and the Republican parties, a lot of the times this can make for comprehensive and meaningful change in our government. And so that's kind of my proposition moving forward, and I'm a, a very big proponent of this viewpoint here moving forward. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this, and we'll see you next time.